Well, Merry Christmas. And I'm going to start that again. Ah. It is Christmas Day, uh, Christmas morning here at the time of this recording in Adelaide, South Australia on a very hot day. I'm actually not sure how hot, I think it's about 35, something like this. Um, I am your curator, Sia Morrison, and this is an extra, extra show. <laughs> an extra, extra? It's an extra. Um, unplanned show, didn't expect to do this, but... I figured since I'm having Christmas solo by myself, I thought I would do a solo show. I don't really get to do these. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> As I'm talking, I was looking up the temperature. It's actually 35. It's huge, crazy hot this week. 35 today, 35 tomorrow, 41 on Thursday. It's in, in the mid to, to low 30s for the rest of the week. Very hot here in Adelaide, South Australia. But anyway... um. Yeah, so I am having a solo Christmas, so I thought I'd do a solo show. I don't get to do a lot of these because I prefer to, to actually talk to people, uh, find other people more interesting, and it's uh, a, a better listening experience, I feel. But uh, I thought, why not? Commemorate the day, so to speak. So this show has very little planning I'm going to sort of talk about Christmas a little bit, just from my perspective. And uh, I found a website with some facts about Christmas. So I thought I'd fire some facts out here and leave you on a book recommendation. And that's pretty much it. So I guess we can get started. So again, Merry Christmas. I hope you're having a, a really good day or plan to have a really good day in whatever way you choose to do it. I was uh, I was thinking before, um, before I decided to do this, I was reflecting and reminiscing on my Christmases. Um, this is my 40th Christmas. I know I'm that old. It's hard to believe. I look so young. Not. Um, maybe I sound young. I've always sounded young, all weird, one of those. Anyway, so uh, I've been reflecting on the Christmases of old or of the past. And my Christmases have been varied. Uh, I was going to say very varied, but then I realized how weird that sounded. So I grew up um, mainly with my uh, my mother and stepfather. and And we spent Christmas with his family, which didn't have many children. So I was always spoiled as a, as a child. I got lots of gifts and uh, Christmas was always, you know, like for every child, I suppose, or most children. It's uh, a very exciting day. Um, there's something about it, something in the air, something a little electric uh, in the air when you're a child and it's Christmas and you've been watching the presents slowly 
grow under the Christmas tree and you've seen your name on some of them and you've been working, trying to work out what they are, um, which sounds very, I don't know, selfish, I guess, to a certain extent, but you're a kid, man. Kids love presents. And if you're really lucky, like I had been many times, uh, when you wake up the next day, there were extra presents, supposedly by Santa, but interestingly had you, my mum's handwriting. So, you know, um, the, the Santa bubble was burst pretty quick. You know, I was able to work it out. Um, but I have very fond memories of um, my childhood Christmases and... Um, just lovely family affairs, lots of food, um, lots of good vibes, good times, lots of bloody presents, especially as a kid. And that kind of changed when I became a teenager. So I, I moved around quite a bit when I was a teenager and Christmas sort of changed fairly quickly. Um, I wasn't in touch with my family and... Uh, it, yeah, it just took on a different feel. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was darker or lonelier per se. It was just, wasn't as abundant. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it, it sort of lost some luster when I, I, I began to grow up and then sort of kicked back in again when I was in relationships or, um, were were on good terms with my family so i kind of had a weird relationship with my family as it stands i don't really have a family my parents have passed away um i i don't have anyone i'm really close to in that respect which sounds like a downer and i promise you it's not it's just that's just the way it is and that's cool um but it's made me think about like today um i find i i get reflective in these on these sorts of days when I know that other people are spending time with loved ones and, and I'm super happy for them. And I certainly had opportunities to at least two opportunities to be with, um, good friends. One friend I'd even call a, a brother and spend Christmas with them. And I've done that before. And I kind of, I guess for me, it's, it's, it's nice, but it's always, you are a bit of an outsider always, uh, in those situations. So I decided since it'd been at least, I don't know, a good long time, over seven years or so since I've had a solo Christmas, I thought by design, I would uh, just spend Christmas by myself and, and, you know, just have that time to be self-loving, which sounds a lot more dirtier than I mean it to be. Um, I'm a, a big, big advocate for self-love. Um, my thing is if... Uh, you need to love yourself to be able to project love, to give love um, to its maximum uh, to other people. Otherwise, you're just becoming dependent on other people or exterior forces for um, interior uh, gratification where that really should come from the self. So um, today for me will be a, a self-love experience. I'm going to cook myself a lovely vegan roast. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. I might even bake some cookies. Yeah, I'm not too, not too much of a man not to enjoy a good home-baked cookie. And to be honest, um, I've been single for, and I'm not advertising when I say that, I'm just sort of putting all this into perspective. So please don't 
you don't think that this is an advertisement of any sort. Um, thank you, computer. <laughs> I am... Um, in the last few months, I've been solo. And uh, years before that, I was in a relationship with, with someone who cooked and cooked beautifully. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have to take care... Worry about that too much because that's what they wanted to do. It's not like I didn't offer anything. So I'm just getting back into that readjustment mode of getting back into cooking because I used to be a really good cook um, in my 20s when Jamie Oliver was really, excuse me, when Jamie Oliver was really big, um, I got excited because here's this guy who's really excited about food and he's talking about all these ingredients I've never heard of and I remember this, yeah, getting a buzz from this guy's excitement and I got, actually me and my, my friend I mentioned before, uh, his name's Josh actually, um, and he's been on the show. He still doesn't know it. Um, one of the, I think it was a chubby, uh, it was a show with Daniela and, um, he called in or oh, he didn't call in. He called and I put him on speakerphone. So I can't remember which one it is. Um, but I put him on speakerphone. We had a quick chat about a blender because he was going to give me a blender for me to make my green smoothies, which I haven't been doing. So th there's another thing I'll be doing today. And because I said I will be doing it, I have to do it. Uh, uh, so <laughs> I let that record and stay in the show. So he's actually been on the show. He doesn't know that yet. I'd like to get him on one day. I have invited him many times. He's a pretty interesting dude. I like to think everyone's interesting though. Um, you know, all the people I've had on uh, this this show on the extra, um, I, I, I think are really great people and lovely people. And I hope that translates when you listen to their stories. Um, but we've all got stories and I, I'm actually looking forward to the new year where hopefully I get to talk to other people as well. Maybe not necessarily friends, but just people who, um, who want to share their, their journeys, I guess. Anyway, I digress. I was talking about Christmas and having a solo Christmas. So I've done this a few times. And again, like I said, this is by design, but it made me wonder about those people who don't have a choice. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly thinking back now that, that there must've been a, at least a few times. And I'm, I'm back to the teen years that, um, aforementioned, um, that I had Christmases where I, I didn't want to be alone. And I think they're sad. Uh, it is, you can get into a funk. You can get into a place where it feels a bit dark. Like Lifeline, for example, I'm not sure about in other countries. I know um, I did some work with Lifeline and, and I'm certainly not going to give too much information about anything that they do, but other than the, that they're a, a wonderful service. And if you ever need to reach out, give them a call. I don't have the number handy, but Google it. It's um, a wonderful service. Lots of lovely, caring people on the other end of that phone uh, that want to help. And you don't have to call if uh, you're feeling suicidal, but certainly if you are, do. But even if you're just, you're feeling, you're not feeling great and you need to talk to somebody, give them a call. And there's a bunch of other services as well. Lifeline's just one, but there's other ones you can look out for. If you just look, Google, you know, uh, whatever on the, on the Google, uh, that was really helpful, wasn't it? Whatever. Um, I don't know, telephone, um, counseling services and see what comes up. Um, but yeah, do reach out. I know, um, I feel like I'm going on a bit of a tangent, so I'll hang on. I'll put a, put a 
bit a little bookmark there. But back to Lifeline, um, yeah. So it's probably well known that you know emergency services um, or services like Lifeline uh, at their peak on Christmas Day because you know there's a lot of lonely people out there, which is a shame really because. Um, you know, get all the lonely people together and then no one would be lonely. Um, yeah, it's, it's sad. So if you, if, if you're lonely and it's not by design, I want to just let you know, look, I've been there. It's, it is, it, it, it can get glum. It can get you down, but I want to encourage you not to let that happen because it's not always going to be lonely. You're not going to have a lonely Christmas. And even if this is like the third or fourth or how many lonely Christmas you've had in a row, that won't always be that way. Um, I've certainly had my fair share. Um, some have been excellent where I've gone, right, um, this one's just for me. And there's been a few times, I can probably think of maybe three off the top of my head. There, there was probably more. Um, you know, I've been around for 40 years uh, where I've had a Christmases and I've kind of been a bit, Ugh, and I might have medicated with alcohol or you know, just got into a dark place. Now I have to say that I don't suffer from depression. I never have. I've had, um, very minimal experience with anxiety. It's not nice. I know a lot of people that do, it's quite common if you, if you're feeling, if you do experience depression and anxiety. And again, I would encourage you to, to remember your safety plan, you know, if, Take your medications if you need to, if that's part of your plan. Remember, take the advice of your professionals and certainly reach out to those um, services like Lifeline if you're having um, getting into a dark place. Um, because you're, you're, you're worthy of life. You're meant to be here. Be here. Be here with us. Be here with me. Listen to this. <laughs> um, realize that, you know, other people are having solo Christmases as well. And it doesn't have to be bad. Um, I, I certainly, uh, like I said, I've chosen to have a, a, a solo Christmas so I can, you know, be reflective, have these moments where I'm just thinking about, right, where am I in my life? And I like doing that. I really do. I like reflecting on, say, the year that's been. And I know you normally do that in um, on New Year's Eve, but I mean, that's only a week away and you know, it's been a year. I want to sort of make sure I'm absorbing or remembering as much as I can the good, the bad, um, all, 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 all the all the bits of the year, and sort of make sure that I'm taking myself into or directing myself into a, a more positive space going into 2019. So that's what I'm doing for my Christmas. I'm gonna treat myself. Um, some lovely food, some lovely drink. Um, like I said, it's a beautiful day. Um, I'll get outside at some stage. I'm four steps from the beach. So um, I might go for a little paddle. I'm not a big swimmer. I'm a bit of a bitch when it comes to swimming in the beach. Um, yeah, um, I don't like to go deep. I would prefer just to find a, a, a bit of, I don't know if you, um, you know, uh, actually, I'm just rambling for a second. Uh, yesterday, I went down to the beach with uh, a dear friend, and you know, sometimes you know when the tide goes out, it leaves pools of water before you get to the main part of the water, and it's lovely and warm. They're the best places. I love those places. Though you're always worried that uh, 
you know, it's warm, it's wet. Sometimes it's a bit yellowy looking. Uh, hasn't been pissed in by an animal or a person. Um, because I think back when I was a kid, man, going to the beach, I grew up around the beach and I, I, I would, you know, do those things in the water. So, you know, yeah, you can't put it past uh, the possibility but anyway, uh, yeah, so if you are feeling dark about your lonely Christmas, please let me encourage you to uh, take another point of view. Look at it as an opportunity to reflect and improve maybe, or maybe just start to look inward and love inward, which sounds a bit dippy and uh, maybe, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like a, it's like a... I don't know. I want to say hippie, but I don't actually have a problem with a hippie philosophy, um, except that you should wash. De- definitely wash. Uh, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. you got to love who you are, uh, and you you got to find your way to do that. It's easy for people to say, well, I do this and I do that. Uh, you have to live with yourself. You're, you're you 24-7, so you might as well love yourself. And love begets love. You know, if you love yourself, you will attract love. And if you're doing it, hopefully in a way that is uh, good for you, that you're going to attract the sort of love that you deserve and you desire. And yeah, take it from there. Treat yourself well this Christmas. And for those people who are having a family Christmas and all that sort of stuff, all power and love to you. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are in the world. Uh, so what I thought I'd do, um, just to fill up the time a bit, is I thought... Um, I'm on the, I'm recording on the computer. So if you hear some clicking, that's just me clicking back and forth. Um, I, look, I thought I'd shoot some facts out here about Christmas. Look, not the most credible site, but a bit of fun. So I went to ET online, you know, entertainment tonight online, and they had a, like a 31 facts about Christmas. So I thought I'd give you a bit of a read of these. Okay. So 31 fa- facts about Christmas, things you might not have known. Now, you might might need to verify some of these. I haven't. Um, but some, some of these seem to ring true, at least from what I understand. So number one, Christmas supposedly marks the birth of Jesus Christ on the on December 25th. That makes sense. It's called Christmas, Christ, Mass. Um, uh, but there's no mention of December, December 25th in the Bible. True. I, because I've read the Bible. And most historians actually believe he was born in the spring. Okay. Well, I mean, that's interesting, you know, whether you're Christian or not, most Australians at least, are most, um, I don't know, um, Caucasian, Anglo, I don't know how you call it, Australians, or yeah, maybe I shouldn't box people, but you know what I mean, most Australians celebrate Christmas, obviously there are some that don't, um, but for the majority that do, some sort of have a loose Christian faith, some have a very strong Christian faith, and some don't at all. I used to be kind of Christian, sort of dipped in and out, um, but I'm not. I'm just non-religious, and I certainly don't hold any bones towards anyone that is. I tend to take the, the stance that Jesus 
the, the son of God didn't exist, uh, whether he was actually, you know, the, the manifestation of God on earth or whether he was just a human guy. I tend not to believe that, but if you do, that's fine. All power to you. You know, that's your faith. I get it. I, I dig it. I respect it. But for me, not so much. So, I mean, this kind of rings true to me, this fact. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, number two, December 25th was probably chosen because it coincided with the ancient pagan festival, festival, uh, Saturnalia, Saturnalia, which celebrated the agricultural god Saturn, of course, with partying, gambling, <laughs> and gift giving. Right. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. Uh, number three, many of the popular Christmas traditions today found their roots in Saturnalia. Branches from evergreen trees were used during winter solstice as a reminder of the green plants that would grow in spring when the sun gods grew strong. Yeah, sounds very pagan. But nothing wrong with that. Number four, these evergreen branches became the foundation of our Christmas tree. Ah, right. German, uh, Germans are thought to be the first to bring Christmas trees into their homes and holidays and decorate them with cookies and lights and and candles, I'm adding the candles bit. And apparently they were really, really bad because they'd set on fire and occasionally burn down houses. Um, maybe more than occasionally. But um, I'll link that that extension to a book recommendation that's coming at the end. Number five, the Christmas tree made its way to America in uh, the 1830s, but wasn't popular until 1846. After Germ the German, uh, sorry, after Germany's Prince Albert brought it to England when he married Queen Victoria. The two were sketched in front of a Christmas tree and the tr tradition instantly became popular. Royal fever was real, even back then. I'm not a royalist myself. I don't really care. I don't get, like, there was that marriage recently. Um, who was it? I don't even know. I don't even know their names. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not a royalist myself. I did watch, though... When I was younger, I watched the uh, funeral of uh, Princess Diana. That was pretty tragic, but um, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Anyway, thought I'd chuck that in. Uh, number, where are we up to? Six. Uh, the well-known reason we give presents at Christmas is to symbolize the gifts given to baby Jesus by the three wise men. Now, if you remember the story of Jesus Christ, the, the birth of Jesus Christ, the mark of Christmas, if you like, or supposedly, yeah, that, that history is dubious. Again, related to book recommendation a bit later. But anyway, the three in the story, three wise men come, one's bearing gold, one's bearing um, frankincense, and one's um, bearing myrrh, myrrh, whatever that is. I don't know. But it may also stem from the assassinalia tradition that required revelers to offer up rituals to the gods. Bang, bang. Number seven, because of its roots in pagan festivals, Christmas was not immediately accepted by the religious. In fact, from 1859 to, sorry, from 1659 to 1681, it was illegal to celebrate Christmas in Boston. Wow. Uh, you were fined if you were caught celebrating. Holy shit. Number eight, Santa Claus comes from St. Nicholas, a Christian bishop living in what is now Turkey in the 4th century AD. Now, I'm not sure about this fact. This is this one's a bit, yeah, my, my bullshit meter is up a bit. So, 
Again, we'll link this to the book recommendation. St. Nicholas had inherited a great deal of wealth and was known for giving it away to help the needy. When sainted, he became the protector of children. Aww. Number nine. After his death, uh, the legend of St. Nicholas spread. St. Nick's name became uh, St. Nicholas in Dutch, or Sinterklaas for short, which, uh, oh, uh, sorry, which is a hop, skip, and a jump from Santa Claus, obviously. Santa Claus, Father Christmas, as we call him in Australia. Santa Claus delivering presents came, comes from... Oh, I'm doing great with the reading. Sorry, and I'm not even wearing my glasses. How cool is that? Not. Saint, Santa Claus delivering presents comes from Holland's celebration of St. Nicholas's feast day on December 6. Children would leave shoes out the night before and in the morning would find little gifts that St. Nicholas would leave them i guess that's where the stocking things come comes from um i just realized i didn't put my stocking out then again i didn't buy presents so eh. anyway uh <laughs> number 11 and and sorry oh, there we go and stockings come from this story a poor man with three daughters couldn't afford the dowry to have them married one night saint nicholas dropped a bag of gold down the man's chimney so that his oldest daughter would be able to get married and the bag fell into a stocking that was drying by the fire. Uh, there we go. Oh, that's a nice story, actually. Okay. Uh, number 12. One of the reasons we leave milk and cookies for Santa is because Dutch kids would leave food and drink for St. Nicholas on this his feast day. Cool. Number 13. And we leave carrots for Santa Claus's reindeer because in Norse mythology, people left hay and treats for Odin's eight-legged horse, Oh shit! <laughs> it's not called oh shit. It's in a um, Slipnir, 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 S L E I P N I R. Pronounce that however the way you want. Um, so, so the leave treats in hopes that the uh, the god would stop by their home during the Yule hunting adventures, or his Yule hunt, hunting adventures. Dutch Dutch children adopted this tradition too, and would. And would treat and would treats for Saint Nicholas's horses. Okay, that that was bad. And would okay. I won't. I don't know why that sounds a bit weird. Anyway, we'll keep going. Number fourteen. Uh, the look of Saint Santa Claus we have today was created at an eighteen o four meeting of the New York Historical Society, where member John Pintard handed out wooden cutouts of a jolly old Saint Nick in front of stockings filled with toys. Okay, number 15, almost halfway. Though Santa Claus has worn blue and white and green in the past, his traditional red suit came from a 1930s ad by Coca-Cola. I think that's pretty well known. Yeah, so Coca-Cola has made their stamp even on Santa Claus. Number 16, and the image of him... Uh, Santa Claus flying in his sleigh started in 1819 and was dreamt up by the same author who created the Headless Horseman, Washington Irving. Wow. I hope that's true. I hope that's true. Um, I quite like the Headless Horseman. It's a good story. If you haven't read it, read it. It's very different from Sleepy Hollow, which I love that movie. It's so cool. I like what, I like what they did like how they changed the story there with the movie, but it's a good little story as well. It's very short. So if you haven't read it, give it a go. 
Number 17, uh, Rudolph was actually conceived by a department store. Surprise, surprise. Um, Montgomery Ward um, as a marketing gimmick to get kids to buy holiday coloring and books. Wow. Number 18, Rudolph almost didn't have a red nose either. At the time, a red nose was a sign of chronic alcoholism. <laughs> Uh, Rudolph the alcoholic reindeer and Montgomery, tongue tied, sorry. And Montgomery Ward thought he would look like a drunkard. Oh, that's a good point. It's a good point. Number 19, Rudolph was almost named Rolo or Reginald. Reginald the red nosed reindeer doesn't quite have the same ring to it, I have to agree. So, Rolo doesn't either. And what's the other names? I don't even know Dasher, Prancer. Um, sleepy, angry, I don't know. Rolo, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't have quite worked. Number 20, the poem that introduced us to the other eight reindeer, A Visit from St. Nicholas, actually named dropped Dasher. Oh, here we go. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Duna, and Blixen, which, like Donna and Blitzen, came from the German words for thunder and lightning. Ah... I feel like I'm learning a lot, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, oh, is this really true? This is from Entertainment Tonight, by the way. Mm. Anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Number 21. Over the years, other reindeer have been named checked on Santa's sleigh team, such as Fossy, Clossy, uh, Racer, Pacer, Scratcher, uh, Fleckless, Ready, Steady, and Fireball. No relation to the whiskey. Okay, haha. Right, I've never heard of those ones. So, there you go. Number 22. The first batch of eggnog in America. This is very American-centric, guys. I'm very sorry to my fellow Australians. I probably should have got an Australian one, but nah, well, there you go. Like I said, I didn't plan this show. This is off the cuff. Uh, the first batch of eggnog in America was crafted by Captain John Smith's uh, Jam Jamston Settlement in 1607 and the name eggnog comes from the word grog which refers to any drink made with rum okay feel like I'm learning a lot number 23 Silent Night is the most recorded Christmas song in history with over 733 different versions copyrighted since 1978 and that's 40 years ago because I was born in 1978 May the 4th Number 24, legend has it that Silent Night was written by a father, a father Joseph Moore in Austria, who was determined to have music at his Christmas service after his organ broke. In reality, the priest wrote it while stationed at a pilgrim church in Austria. Okay. All right, my eyes are going a bit weird because I haven't got my glasses on. Um, they start to go slightly cross-eyed. All right, I'm going to still power through this. There's only, what, six more to go. Number 25. Meanwhile, White Christmas is the best-selling song of all time. There you go. I don't know about you guys. I'm not into Christmas songs. Um, most Christmas songs are American, and they're all about snow and, and you know, winter-themed, which doesn't quite fit the southern hemisphere temperature, climate. We're quite hot, especially today, man. Oh my God, really hot. Anyway, doesn't matter. And they're kind of kooky. I can't get that song, All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey out of my head for some reason. I think everywhere I've gone, I've heard that song 
I'm sure they only play that song. Anyway, let's keep going. Number 26. Santa Claus is Coming to Town actually has a truly depressing backstory. Oh no. Songwriter James Haven uh, Glepsy was broke, jobless, and his brother had just died when he was asked to write a Christmas song. He was originally uh, he was originally to come he was sorry, he was originally too overcome with grief, but eventually found inspiration in his brother's death and the Christmas memories they had together. Oh that yeah, well that's that's also nice though, you know. You know, lighting a candle in the darkness, turning something horrible into something lovely. And, uh, yeah. And it's quite a cheery song when you think about it. So, mm. <clears throat> And number 27, the original lyrics to Hark, the Herald Angel Sings, uh, were Hark, how the... What? what? Hark, how the Welkin rings. Welkin is the old English term for heaven. A preacher later tweaked the lyric. Yeah, Welkin. Oh, I see a picture of Mariah Carey. This is not good. Number 28. Jingle Bells was originally supposed to be a Thanksgiving song. We don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Australia, so I really don't quite understand Thanksgiving. I'll have to look it up after. Um, number 29. Boston church leaders tried to have the song I Saw Mummy Kissing Santa Claus banned in the 1950s because they thought it promoted physical intimacy. Oh, dear. Oh, how bad. Phys- physical intimacy. Uh, singer Jimmy Boyd had to fly to Boston and explain to them why it was obscene. Uh, oh, here we go. Number 30. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You is considered to be the most popular Christmas song now. No shit. They play everywhere. In the music video, Santa is played by Mariah's then-husband, Tommy Motota. Oh, I can't even talk, man. Motola, 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 Motola. And number 31. Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> I should have picked a shorter list. <clears throat> and my voice is going. Um, uh, number 31. And the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The Jim Carrey version. And there you go. There's your Christmas facts for this extra show. All right, last little bit now. So I wanted to end the the show with a book recommendation. It's by a chap called... Sorry, my my voice is going... I haven't haven't fluided it. I haven't lubricated it. Um, It's getting a bit rough and husky. For Christmas. But anyway, so I wanted to end with a book recommendation. It's uh, called The Myths That Stole Christmas. Uh, Seven Misconceptions That Hijack the Holiday and How We Can Take It Back. It's by David Cole Johnson and he has worked primarily with the, oh, what are they called? Pop culture and philosophy books. I'm not sure if you've, if you're familiar with those. Uh, but basically they'll take um, something like The Matrix or Alice in Wonderland and it's basically a book of essays uh, about how you can relate philosophical thinking and ideas out of popular things, uh, popular uh, uh, IP. So uh, this guy, David Carl Johnston, edited the one on the um, Inception, 
which is really good. In fact, you can go to YouTube and look up, I think it's Inception and Philosophy, and he gives this really good talk about um, what, what, what I think he gives the argument why it should have won best movie of the year, but he sort of ties it into philosophy. Uh, pretty cool guy. Um, he also, there is a, a YouTube, but it's audio only, and he does talk about this book. So if you want to know more about it, because I'm not going to talk at great length about it, um, I haven't actually read it. I've read bits of it, um, and I do actually, I did download that talk he does for about half an hour. I think it was on a podcast or something where he talks about um, this book. So just to give you a rundown real quick, um, some so he, he goes through seven myths about Christmas, and it's not to be a downer about it, but the idea is that he comes out at the end of it saying, look, hey, look, these are things that we've believed about Christmas, but, you know, Christmas is still a, a, a wonderful time of year. Um, there's so many good things to celebrate and appreciate about Christmas, but we don't have to get sort of caught up in these these myths. Um, so he talks about um, myth number one, Jesus is the reason for the season. Myth number two, uh, there is a war on Christmas. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, myth number three, on Christmas traditions, uh, our Christ- sorry, our Christmas traditions are old-fashioned. Myth number four, Christmas spending is good for the economy. Myth five, Santa Claus is St. Nicholas. Ah, so that kind of tied in. See, that was in the back of my head when I was reading that fact before, man. So hmm, I'll have to, re- I might reread that today in my hammock in the backyard. Uh, myth number six, uh, the Santa Claus lie is harmless. And myth number seven, Christmas can't change. So that's just to give you an idea of what those myths are about. I really like the dude. And like I said, look, probably shouldn't be recommending it because I haven't read it all. I'd like to actually do a proper um, breakdown of the book at some stage. I was going to do it this year uh, for the extra that was going to come out yesterday, but I ended up interviewing a friend instead, Kathy. Kathy, the animal penises expert. So if you haven't heard that one, give that a listen. Um, it's She's quite a character and she's a good friend as well. So yeah, check that. Check out that book. Check out David Cole Johnson, and uh, you know, let me know what you think. You can contact us on our social media. Uh, Ask for Pod A S K F O R P I D. We're on. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, or Twitter. Uh, soon to be off Snapchat, just because we don't use it. And you can email us at askedforpod at hotmail.com. But bear in mind that soon we'll be changing. Okay, let's wrap this up. All right, didn't do too bad. I'm just looking at the time signature in this and went a lot longer than I thought. So that's all right. So again, guys, look, have a Merry Christmas. Have a beautiful day, especially if you're in Adelaide. Get out there. Enjoy the weather. I plan to. Um, and and again, if you're having a lonely Christmas and it's not by design, please, 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 I encourage you to look at it from a different angle. Make it about you. Make it special. Uh, celebrate you. Celebrate the good things about yourself and the, the good things that you've achieved throughout this year. Okay, you can ref- you can reflect on the not so good things and use them as lessons, but don't harbor on that. I mean, this is a time of year where you want to 
give yourself a pat on the back and say, hey, you know what? I'm human. I make mistakes. I can make things better, but I, I fucking did this and this and this, and that's pretty cool. You know, these, these are really important things that have happened to me this year. These are important achievements. These are important things that I've smashed out and I should be proud of. So don't forget to uh, celebrate the wins. Okay. Um, well, that's it. That's me done. I've been your curator, Sia Morrison. Uh, this is not the last one for the year. We have a couple more shows coming up. We have another Weekend Chubby coming at the end of the week. We also have uh, another Raw with Daniela. And then we have one more extra uh, for New Year's Eve. And I have no idea what we're going to talk about. So if you have any ideas, again, hit us up on social media or, or email us. And if you've got any recommendations, hey, oh, I'll take them on. All right, guys, have a very Merry Christmas. Be kind to yourself and everyone. Catch you later.